He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Lounge Podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today, joined by you. You, the listener, are here in my office watching me try to cope with the episode of Succession that I watched. Yeah, between the taping of tonight's lowdown, or last night's lowdown, by the time you guys are listening to this, I watched some... uh, Love is Blind with my wife. We had to catch back up as we get ready for this week ahead. And then I watched, you know, last night's episode of Succession. And, oh, man, I am a changed person. That was incredible. Um, I'm going to write about that for Substack later tonight after I uh, record this. It's already 1130, so it's going to be a long night. But, uh, look. I did all that, um, and and I did all that. It was my fault. I shouldn't have done all that um, on a night where the Lakers wrapped up their regular season. They uh, clinched the seven spot, which means that they will play Minnesota in the first play-in game uh, for the opportunity to go off and play the Memphis Grizzlies. So uh, a lot went on in the NBA last night. A lot is going on in the mailbag, and, you know, this is just kind of like Locked On back in the day, where uh, Sundays, some Sundays I'm going to have a guest. Uh, Others, like this one, I am going to open up the mailbag, the iTunes mailbag, and get to your questions. Again, a reminder, the best way to get your topic or question on this show, no matter what it might be, is to leave it in the form of a five-star review on iTunes. Those reviews really help the show, really help me. They make me feel good. Um, and and watching this uh, mailbag fill up over the course of the last week or so really made me feel good. So shouts to everybody who who participated. Let's dive on in. Um, I do want to send a quick shout out to a few five star reviews that came in while uh, we were trying to figure everything out. Uh, you know, there's a. <laughs> There's an, uh, a review here from a, uh, a user named 2K Sucks 2K Times. So happy to see you back, Anthony. Thank you. Uh, iCentaur.com says uh, to have the game back together and the Lakers playing well, I would imagine makes them feel really good. And then um, this one actually meant a lot to me. This came in on February tw- uh, 2nd, 2023, uh, right around the time that I was laid off. And it's a pretty simple one. R R I R R I Kero PR? I don't know. Uh, please don't give up in the form of a five star review. I haven't. I will not. All right, let's go ahead and get to the questions. So the first one here comes from or, or I'm 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 answering these in the in the order that I see them. Kinetic Groove writes, uh, been listening since the locked on days. Question for the mailbag. Who, in your opinion, are the Lakers' best matchup come play-in, playoff time, and how far do you think the Lakers can reasonably go? 
P.S. Now that you're with Blue Wire, any chance of an LL and LL, uh, LFR crossover? Well, on that uh, second question, we tried last week, and I jinxed the shit out of it. So I'm not going to talk about when we're going to try again. But it's coming up soon. That's all I can give away. Uh, on the second, or on, well, I guess on the first question, and this is you know perfectly timed. This is almost like those those TV produced segments that say we are taking questions from the audience and they just happen to be questions that cover subjects that were going to be covered anyway. Uh, but <laughs> works out great. Who, in your opinion, are the Lakers best matchup come play in playoff time? And how far do you think the Lakers can reasonably go? I talked about this on the lowdown last night. I do think that the bracket as it is currently really kind of fell out or, you know, fell you know, is in place in a way that helps the Lakers. I think it's reasonably speaking as good as we could have hoped for. Now, if I could have, you know, just cherry picked teams, uh, I, I will see who all is available for Minnesota. And if there is a, a rule uh, pertaining to the punching of a teammate in the middle of a game and whether that, would lead to a suspension. If so, the Wolves without Rudy Gobert and therefore a front line of just Carl Anthony Towns trying to contain Anthony Davis, that's pretty intriguing to me. Add to that Jalen McDaniels uh, punching a wall and breaking his hand and, and removing their best wing defender. That also makes me feel pretty confident in the matchup with the Wolves. There are some questions. Anthony Edwards is really tough to match up with. Jared Vanderbilt, Rui Hachimura, and at times LeBron and AD will really have their hands uh, tied with him. Carl Anthony Towns is always capable of an insane game, especially offensively. And so that's something to, to always be a little concerned about. Mike Conley is the exact type of point guard who does not you know, fit into the way that the Lakers like to defend. He is uh, great off the dribble in, in uh, a, as a shooter. And seeing as the Lakers like to go into drop coverage, that is always a threat. So the Wolves, I, I do, I am confident in the Lakers' ability to win that game. Uh, in, in terms of like the best matchup that the Lakers could have in this spot, realistically speaking, I would probably have said, the Wolves. Uh, we saw the Lakers beat them. Uh, you know, it just happened uh, about a couple weeks ago, a week ago or so. And that that performance, that approach to beating them, Rui Hachimura playing a big role in it, that really stood out to me as, as you know, noteworthy for this kind of situation. Close behind them, though, was New Orleans. And, you know, it really says something about the fact <laughs> about New Orleans and the mess that they currently are, that in a game where the Wolves were literally fighting each other on the bench, lost their best perimeter defender to a, a broken hand, and and were just kind of like written off over the course of the game based on my reading on Twitter, the Pelicans lost that game. So clearly they're a mess, and, and I think that obviously would have been a, a, a pretty nice matchup for the Lakers. And the last one that, like, in terms of the play-in that I was rooting for, if it could happen, 
would have been for the Mavericks to make the play-in and face the Lakers because the Mavericks are a travesty. They play no defense whatsoever. Uh, now, they do have two ball handlers who obviously concerned me. The Mavericks beat the Lakers, you know, a couple weeks ago and and did so in pretty embarrassing fashion, but it was kind of flukish. Uh, the, the amount of pressure the Lakers apply to the rim is not something the Mavericks are, are equipped to deal with. And I think over the course of the game, the Lakers would just really kind of wear them down. And I would imagine that they wouldn't just kind of let go of the rope in a playoff game or a play-in game in the same way they did in that regular season game. So those are the three matchups that I, like you could say, okay, see, but the, the, the only reason that people would mention them is because they're young. And young teams really make me nervous in a one-game setting. Sometimes teams are so young that they don't really come to grip with like the the weight of the moment, and it and it allows them to play free, and they go on some crazy run, and they beat you in that one game. I want nothing to do with OKC. So the way that played out, perfectly fine for me. Now, in terms of uh, playoff series, I wanted Memphis. I think they're fraudulent. I wanted Sacramento. I think that brand of basketball that is so reliant on the three-pointer doesn't always translate to uh, the the playoffs. And, you know, for the Lakers, they have the opportunity to potentially face off against both of those teams. Now, unfortunately, they also have the opportunity here to face off against Memphis and then Golden State. And Golden State makes me nervous because you know, Steph can just kind of break the math. He can, he can break the math. He can break the gravity on the court. And, and, you know, we talked about Mike Conley ripping to shreds, drop coverage. What do you think Steph's going to do in that kind of a setting? So hopefully Sacramento takes care of business against a Golden State team. And I do think this is possible. Uh, I hope that Sacramento takes care of business against Golden State as Andrew Wiggins, uh, Wiggins tries to uh, get back into shape and as clay thompson still continues to try to you know rehab from the injuries that he's had the last couple of years or, or a couple of years ago um and and you know a warriors team that really struggled on the road does not win a road game in that series and and winds up losing it that's ideally that's how this goes also great um is that katie and Kawhi are going to eliminate one of those two people and, and that's going to help as well. So uh, realistically speaking, to, to answer that final question here, as far as like where I see the Lakers going, I see them coming out of the West. I, I, I could really see it. And I think the East is going to be such a slugfest that I could also see the Lakers winning in the finals. I bet it back when it was like plus 2,000 or plus 2,200. Um, I've, I, as soon as they traded away Russell Westbrook and brought in a bunch of length athleticism and shooting, I, I, I really kind of started believing in this team and, and I, I sure there have been bumps in the road with injuries and stupid losses and stuff like that. But for the most part, I haven't been given much reason to, to stop believing in, in a team as it's currently made up. All right, next one here. Uh, Motor Breath writes, uh, thoughts on the Lakers, on how the Lakers match up with the Kings. I'd have to say getting the sixth seed and drawing them in the, in the third, uh, in the three could be about the best scenario we could have hoped for, and it's in the Lakers' hands for the most part. So that was written back on April 2nd, and yeah, since then the Lakers dropped 
You know, they, they, they lost the stupid Chicago game. They, uh, I don't know if this happened since then, but they, you know, by choosing not to have another center on the team, that did mean that they lost that Houston game too. So they had their losses. They had the opportunity to, to, to jump into that six spot. They did not. And, and at this point, it doesn't necessarily matter. You might have noticed in the last question that I didn't uh, spend too much time on Sacramento. So here's the thing. Sacramento scores like crazy. And there are going to be games in a series against them where they are just so hot and you go through a drought that is just long enough that the game is just over. We have seen that happen over the course of the, of the season. I mentioned my concerns with drop coverage and guards. Uh, Malik Monk will take advantage of that. De'Aaron Fox will take advantage of that. De'Aaron Fox, all, Fox also uh, really, really good in the mid-range pinch post era area, and it's really hard to keep him out of that area, especially with the, the lack of point-of-attack defense that the Lakers currently have. Um, that concerns me, obviously, but at the end of the day... They have Harrison Barnes on the wing and not much else. And if that's what you're going into a series against LeBron with, I would be terrified if I was, you know, a Kings fan. The other part of it, DeMontis Sabonis has been a big factor in in their success this year. And if he gets wiped out by AD, like even if he and AD play even, then the advantage that the Lakers have with LeBron is so great that that might be too much for Sacramento to overcome. And if AD outplays DeMontis Sabonis, then that is over. Then I just I just don't know how they overcome it unless, you know, Fox and Monk and, and Herter really just go out and play bonkers. So, um, yeah, I, I, the, I know it's intangible. I know it's imperfect. Uh, it, it isn't perfect analysis, but the lack of experience and the playing style where they are so reliant on the, on the three-pointer and also, like the matchups that they that the Lakers have um, at positions that really matter, I, I think the Lakers match up really well with Sacramento. So if the Lakers are able to get by Memphis and face Sacramento in that in that second round, I like I like the Lakers in that series fairly confidently. All right, next question here comes from Rodney Will Eight. Why isn't there talk of the Lakers getting Seth Curry this offseason? Would he be too expensive? Seems like he'd be a great fit with LeBron. He absolutely would, and he would be too expensive. Unless, you know, so the Lakers already have D'Angelo Russell, who they are, I think, I definitely know they intend to resign. The question I have and the question I keep asking to people around that situation is whether they intend to resign him to keep him or if that is going to be a sign-and-trade kind of situation. Uh, I if D'Angelo Russell isn't with the Lakers next year, I do think it's possible. Like Seth Curry's name is one that could come up. Uh, Seth Curry has also dealt with some injury stuff. I know the Lakers are really, they are, they are very conservative when it comes to players who have injury concerns in their past. Um, you know, because they have dealt with so many injuries over the last few years. So maybe that might get in the way, but I think the biggest factor is, Seth Curry is an elite shooter, like top five shooter, I would probably say in the NBA. And that type of shooter at that position opens up so many things for your offenses. 
and the smartest teams in the league are going to be in a bidding war for him. And uh, I just don't think he is going to be in the Lakers' price range. I would love to be proven wrong. I would love to to see Curry in either of the Currys, all of the Currys, in a, in a Lakers uniform. But uh, I just don't really see it happening cap-wise. Next question here comes from NeverWorry24. Thanks for the show. Us fans love and appreciate it. Uh, my, thank you, uh, first and foremost. My question for now is if the show is uh, is shown in video, seen a clip of uh, an episode you posted and, and showed the video, was wondering how I can watch the video version if it's uh, available. Thanks for everything. Let's go Lakers. Well, again, thank you for all of the kind words. I really appreciate it. Um, so here's the thing. Right now, uh, I'm just going to be blunt. The show is a lot more easily monetized via podcast form via audio form and that is my focus right now (laughs) I was laid off my focus is replacing my salary and then from there I will I will I, I I would I look forward to you know getting creative and and throwing some stuff on YouTube whether it's full episodes whether it is uh you know shorts that they have on there um and 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 building the audience there but you know, to me right now, the focus is growing, you know, getting this audience back to where it needs to be. Um, and, and, uh, until then, yeah, we'll throw the occasional clip on there. And, and I cannot wait though, for when we can start going live again on video and, and trust me, like when we get into the off season, that's where I start getting kind of creative and, and finding ways to, to grow the show that way. And that's probably when I'll start kind of fiddling with that again. All right, next question. Last couple questions here. Uh, Boomy, the mad genius, writes, uh, Hi, Anthony. Glad to hear you were backed in, uh, into the Lockdown Lakers style. I've been following you since, and uh, since you and Pete would co-host Lockdown Lakers, always appreciated your new, your unique personality and takes. Uh, thank you very much, Boomy. My questions are, looking back, would you have preferred the Lakers made the Indiana trade before the season started, or do you prefer the current Lakers roster? Uh, and then the second question, at what age will you introduce your kids to Avatar The Last Airbender? Oof, that's a, that's a great question, the second one. All right. So the first question here, man, it is tough, uh, especially having seen what this team looks like as it's currently built. Um, it is really fun to watch these guys. These guys like they, they really seem to enjoy playing together and all of that um they have a lot of the pieces that i would i would really like to see together um you know long term and it looks like that is possible if not probable as an outcome to all of this is that they made those trades with the future beyond this season in mind and as that is the case like you know a lot of times (laughs) This is this is the this is the thing that I'm kind of balancing, and I, I'm sorry for rambling. There are two kind of approaches to this question. On one hand, historically speaking, teams that remake their roster in the way that the Lakers would have remade the, or did remake their roster this year um, midseason do not win championships. That does not normally happen, right? There are a couple kind of outliers here and there, and there are there are explanations for those outliers. But at least in like Lakers history, 
the closest the Lakers ever came to winning a championship um, while adding this much talent to their roster was when they traded for Powell and and lost in the finals to the Celtics, right? And maybe they win that year if Ariza is healthy or if Bynum is healthy. But I don't know if they make the trade if Bynum is healthy and, and you know, the way that Ariza defended, I don't know if he necessarily makes the kind of impact that, say, Artest did when they when they put a more physical defender on Pierce. But still, like, that is the closest the Lakers ever came. And I do think, like, that outcome is within reach here for these Lakers. I, I do think the teams from the East are quite a bit better than the teams from the West. And, you know... Man, I I don't want to give Boston credit, so I won't. And Milwaukee, it, you know, we're still waiting to hear more on Middleton. And even with Harden, we're still waiting to hear more on him. And he apparently already has his eyes kind of set on Houston potentially this offseason anyway. So, like, this league is completely wide open. And, like, I, that's why I kind of lean towards making the Indiana trade at the beginning of the year because – you would have that much more time to put the pieces in place. You would have that much more time to tweak the roster on the peripheries as need be. Yeah, you would have fewer tools to be able to do that. And and that would make that would obviously complicate things. But you you know, Buddy Heald is a better shooter than Malik Beasley. Miles um, Turner is, I think, you know, as good a fit as you could possibly have with AD in the front court especially defensively with the way that Ham defends. And and when AD went down, Turner kind of steps in there and maybe you don't fall off in the way that the Lakers did kind of temporarily. And uh, if you start the season with that as your roster, you don't start the season 2-10 and 10 in the way that the Lakers did. There's a lot that goes into having a camp together and having a preseason together and having an entire season together without like the other part of all of this too is the Lakers played the majority of this season with a whole bunch of nonsense surrounding them because everybody knew that they needed to trade Russell Westbrook. So like you have that weighing that team down. So like the Lakers with that team, could they be a, a a three seed, a four seed? Could they have won the division? Right? Like, I think all of that was kind of in grasp if if they do make that Indiana trade at the beginning of the year. And with that said, like I, I, I do think if somebody was to sit here and make the case for the Wolves trade that the Lakers eventually made anyway and when they made it, I would listen. You know, clearly, and we got to see how the play-in game goes. We got to see how, you know, the, the rest of the playoffs go. But the Lakers do have an opportunity here, even despite waiting as long as they did, and even despite all of the nonsense that I just kind of mentioned. So, yeah, I, I personally would still have made the Indiana trade from the get, but I also didn't really think that the trade that the Lakers eventually made could ever have been on the table, where you get D'Angelo Russell, and you get Van, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, and you get Beasley, and you get rid of Rus- Russell Westbrook's contract, um, all for one pick, like, man, I, I think a more interesting version of the question 
and one that is almost impossible to answer is, I think, literally impossible to answer is to try to go back and figure out, all right, you know, tell fans at that time, you have this option here where it takes two picks, you make the trade right now, but you have Miles Turner and you have Buddy Heald for the entirety of the season, and we see how that thing goes. And then option B or, or door number B, door letter B is, hey, uh, you wait until the deadline and you get back maybe slightly less talent, but you give up about half as much as you did when, uh, as, as, you know, compared to what you would have at the beginning of the season. And I do really wonder how people would have answered that. I think I still personally would have made the Indiana trade, but I also recognize I'm a stubborn asshole, and I, I that that just might just be me and me. And the and the hypothetical that I've presented, you know, to Harrison and and over the course of my time back here on this feed is, hey, if you could have made this specific trade, where you get back D'Angelo Russell, you get back Jerry Vanderbilt, and you get back uh, Malik Beasley. If you could have done that at the beginning of the season and it cost you a second first round pick, would you have done it? And that's where I I definitely say yes. So I think that does provide kind of some insight into why I would have made the Indiana trade when it was theoretically or, or, or reportedly made available. The other thing too, Kyle Goon said on this show that the Lakers could have made the trade that they did but instead of getting, um, uh, I guess, D'Angelo Russell, they could have had Conley at the beginning of the season or, or at the beginning of the summer. And, you know, I think that would have cost two picks to do it back then. And again, you're talking about is one pick worth having this group together or a version of this group together for the entirety of a season and I think it is. I think it is because it gives this that it gives that group a more legitimate shot at a title than this group currently does. Oof, man, that's that's a great question. Oh, and then I have to follow it up with an even tougher one. All right, so a reminder that the 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 question that Boomy is asking the second one here is: At what age will you introduce your kids to Avatar: The Last Airbender? So I watched it as it was coming out live. I remember waiting, you know. Saturday mornings, I believe, for new episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender and uh, was enthralled the entirety of, of of that run of that show. To me, I think it's the best animated show of all time, but there have also been some incredible stuff. So like it's not, you know, it's not one of those things that I would tweet out and there's no close second. I know. I think there's probably a close second. And if you were to argue for any number of things, I would listen. But anyway, the thing about this show, uh, so it ran from 2005 to 2008, and I was probably older than its original target audience, I think. I graduated high school in 2004, which meant that when it was running, it was I was 19 years old at, at its earliest, right? And uh, Aang is obviously much younger than that in the show. And, you know, there are some other characters there who are maybe closer in age to where I was when I was watching. But still, like, that kind of disconnect that existed there between Aang, you know, the main protagonist, and myself was 
different from say Harry Potter where I was reading that and I, and and I started reading it when I was at the age that Harry Potter was at the beginning of that series and then as the books came out I aged with Harry Potter and with Ron and with Hermione and uh you know that that made for a very unique uh a very unique reading and 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 a very unique tie to that story that being between me and and Harry Potter whereas with Avatar I always kind of wished that I could have been a little bit younger watching that one just to see through a younger person's eyes the struggle that that Aang was really kind of going through and uh so like with that said I would introduce that show to my children ideally at the time where they are around the same age as Aang uh, so probably you know nine ten years old thing is though that is not at all in my control hell Netflix I think is working on a a an avatar show which is obviously going to throw all of this off if that is something that that Avery and Miles are into so uh, all I can really do is if they show interest in it, you know, tell them, man, I really love this show too. Let's watch this together. And I cannot wait for that experience. All right. So this last question is a freaking doozy. Uh, I rarely read ahead and for some reason had a feeling because it's the last question and I needed to kind of rest my voice for a second. But uh, the, <laughs> wish I had a car writes, I have a question for the mailbag. One, this Lakers season, two, law school, and three, my dating life have had me feeling uh, a little overwhelmed lately. For the sake of my mental health, I want to stop emotionally caring about one of those things this month. My question is, which should it be? Alternatively, Harrison can just bring back the fedora uh, hat for this postseason, and I think I'll be all right. All right. Oh, man. I'm not going to tell... I'm not going to seriously tell anybody what to emotionally detach from because that has all kinds of ramifications that I want nothing at all to do with. But since I am contractually obligated and legally obligated because of the promise that I make every week regarding these iTunes mailbag questions, I'm going to answer it as best as I possibly can. So... This Lakers season, law school, and my dating life have had me feeling a little overwhelmed. Law school, you can't detach from because I feel like that's the kind of thing that once you detach from it and you and you just kind of hop out of those habits, they're really hard to dive back into. So I would probably continue to focus on law school because those lifelong ramifications, like getting through law school, becoming a lawyer, and having those opportunities at your fingertips... personally that would probably be my my priority though I say this as somebody who uh was an engineering major stopped doing that was a bio a business major stopped doing that was a bio major stopped doing that and then finally did English because I figured that was the closest thing that I was uh that was the thing I was closest to actually graduating with so uh yeah, when it comes to school, probably don't want to take my uh, advice. Now, the other two are tough. This Lakers season and my dating life are overwhelming. 
this is going to be controversial. And I think this has a lot to do with, you know, me being happily married with children. But I think I would forego dating for a little bit to focus on these Lakers. Uh, For one thing, we don't know how long you're going to actually have to focus on those Lakers before this is actually figured out for you, right? So if you just kind of focus on the Lakers and take a step back from dating, you might just have to watch two games and then like get right back to dating again with a, a lighter plate. Knock on wood that that isn't actually the case, but that's actually a possibility here. The other thing is um, neither thing are necessarily within your control, right? Uh, depending on how smooth or debonair or handsome you are, like if you if you are not those things and you're just kind of hoping by going out into the dating world that you just meet the right person who is into you and you compare that to like watching a Laker game that you have no control over, both of those things kind of sort of be on your control. And, um, you know, yeah, I, I think dating is going to be there for a while. This Laker season is definitely temporary. So I think personally, I would focus on the Lakers. That said, I have focused on the Lakers way too much over the course of my life, and it has led to some traumatic and stressful situations. So if you choose to take my advice, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry because you're signing up probably for a life that, that I currently live right now, which is fine, but like getting here was on a, like a, a, a razor-thin margin. And I don't know if, if everybody is about that life. All right, that is going to do it here. That is all the questions from this week's mailbag. Again, if you want a topic, and you just saw how I struggled through that last one. If you want a topic covered here on the Lakers Lounge, especially on these Sunday mailbag episodes for Monday mornings, get it in in the form of a five-star review on iTunes, and I promise I will get to it. Uh, if We have a really really fun week ahead as we get ready for the playoffs here with these lakers and boy what a doozy uh these playoffs are probably going to be so i'm going to save what is left of my voice i'm going to throw it to whatever else you choose to listen to on this here feed that i hope you're subscribed to and i will talk to you again tomorrow have a good one everybody also also do not take my bet my my dating advice. Don't do it. I'm telling you, it's not going to end well. It's end what it's ended well for me, but that's because I convinced Jen back when I was a senior in high school and she was a sophomore that I was cool, and for some reason she has stuck around. Again, do not take my dating advice. Don't do it. <laughs>